think was the name said. Yeah. Jai Jai Sitchitana. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry. Ik spreek niet meer over Chaitanya Charitamrita, maar kunnen toch wel Jai Jai Sitchitanya Dayani Chananda Jai Jai Chananda Jai Kore Bhaktivin zeggen. We can say. I started to speak Dutch also because I just had a Dutch conversation. Um, back to uh, to my notes, and it is a pleasure that you're here with me today. Um, here I have something, which is um, the topic of the day, is called the most difficult thing. Mm. So, yes, Srila Prabhupada mentioned what is this most difficult thing. And we may be a little bit curious what this most difficult thing might be. Srila Prabhupada told Giriraj Maharaj what the most difficult thing actually is. And it says... In this world of Maya, to control the senses is the most difficult in the world. Two. More difficult is to control the senses and preach. Three. But the most difficult is to control the senses and preach together with others who do the same. So here we're speaking about, yes, to, to live in this world and to control our senses when the whole world is just doing the opposite is not easy. Uh, because... And we ourselves have partaken in all of that for so many lifetimes. So the, the habits are deep inside. And then to, uh, to just somehow or other make that change and to give up chasing after the senses is difficult. Then, uh, then to control the senses and to preach at the same time to share Krishna consciousness with others is more difficult. And the most difficult is to control the senses, to preach Krishna consciousness and do it together with others. Because, yeah, or like I sometimes say, the most difficult is to deal with the false ego of the devotees. We have our own false ego, and devotees have their false ego when they're not yet uh, completely pure. And then we have to deal with that. And that's something, something that is very difficult. See, to surrender to pure saintliness, that is not so difficult. If one, there was Prabhupada, right? And, and Satsarup Maharaj was explaining that he was still Steve, in 1966, and he was working for the uh, welfare department as a social worker. 
And, uh, and one day his boss wanted him to work overtime during lunchtime, but he was every day going for lunch to Prabhupada's temple. So I was thinking, oh no, I'm going to miss Prasadam. So what to do, what to do, what to do? He's thinking, can I call someone to save me a plate of Prasadam? But he couldn't think of anybody who he could, could ask to save a plate of Prasadam other than Prabhupada. So he called Prabhupada Swamiji. Yes, yes, yes. Can I ask you a favor? Could you please save a plate of prasadam. Oh, yes, no, yes, yes. Prabhupada um, assured him that he would, and then later Steve came, and uh, and there was the Swami, and Steve greeted the Swami, and Steve said to Swami, um, Swamiji, um, did you keep me uh, a plate? Uh, yes, yes, Prabhupada brought the plate and put it on the floor in front of him. And Steve sort of looked on the floor and sort of felt like that's what you would do to a dog, right? So for a moment, Steve felt really kind of like on the floor. But then he saw Prabhupada was smiling. And he felt guilty, you know. Prabhupada had saved him the plate and he was not grateful. Then he bowed down before Prabhupada for the first time. He said, and it felt very natural. Uh, and it was natural because Prabhupada was such a, such a saintly person. So in this way, um, in this way, he could do it. So in front of a saintly person, it's easy. Uh, in front of a saintly person, it is... It is easy to uh, to um, to bow down, but when a person is following saintly teachings and that person himself is not yet pure, then it's much more difficult. Then it is uh, it is much more difficult because uh, then uh, we. Uh, yeah. Then we can uh, find reasons, logical reasons, to uh, to not work with this person or to not follow what he says, because it is not pure. Uh, not pure. I surrender to purity. Therefore, it is difficult to control the senses. It is more difficult to control the senses and preach. Um, who can do that and take the austerity? The world is not waiting. Uh, it seems like that. It seems that the world is not waiting for us to tell them uh, about Krishna consciousness. Uh, why are you disturbing us? Leave us alone. Uh, this is not a moment. You're in, in invading my privacy. Uh, you know. But then, if we do present this Krishna consciousness to people, we will find again and again people who are very interested. And that is very nice. Uh, it's very nice.
So Krishna consciousness is for us the... Uh, um, we believe in Krishna consciousness. And then if we see that there are devotees who are not perfect and yet representing Krishna consciousness, then we have to tolerate. To just see that they are sincere, but they cannot be expected to be perfect. And sometimes they may be influenced by, uh, by material conditioning. And maybe they'll small-minded, petty things. And we just tolerate. We will not make such a big issue about it. At least we will not... doesn't mean we will always uh, just tolerate and say nothing. Uh, sometimes we'll speak up and say, this is not right. But when I say we'll tolerate, I mean to say we will not let such things drive us away from Krishna and from the association of such devotees. We'll still practice to see their good qualities. Uh, and we'll just, we'll just chant Hare Krishna together. We'll have kirtans, we'll chant and dance, we'll take prasad, and, uh, and life goes on, spiritual life goes on. Vaishnava, even those who are partially realized, are rare in this world. Therefore, we offer our obeisances to such Vaishnavas. Uh, and this is our, our uh, position. So we are very, uh, very happy. Yeah. Very happy to, uh, uh, with the entire community of devotees. And we ourselves are seeing ourselves as being full of fault. And we are trying to rise above our imperfections. Hmm. I will carry on reading a little bit about meeting. They met on the roof in 1922 in Calcutta. The evening was warm. Stars and moon and scanty electric lights revealed the form of the saintly person sitting on the roof. At once, he told him, you are intelligent. Why don't you preach Lord Chaitanya's message to the whole world? Abhai challenged, what about Swaraj? India is not an independent nation. It doesn't matter, said his Guru Maharaj. Krishna consciousness cannot wait and doesn't depend on king or president. All it needs is a pure devotee, someone submissive to his guru and bold in Krishna's service. One was sent by Krishna and the other also. One appeared as guru, the other as disciple, and they met. Radha and Krishna, Arjuna and Krishna, Pariksit and Sukadev, Vidura and Maitreya, Lord Chaitanya and Rupa Sanatan, all these were great meetings, as was this in 1922. When the seed direction was given for delivering humankind, all the world was dreaming nightmares, threefold sufferings, and repeated births and deaths. But the way to their awakening was ordered that night by one who had seen the truth to one capable trusted, chosen, and blessed. It began from there. 
Now the spiritual work would begin. No more sublime discussion, followed by an action. No more centuries of charitable enlightenment locked within a crippled nation. Now it would burst forth according to the desires and plans of the Acharyas, the release of all the Jagais and Madais, the release of all the cave dwellers, the liberation of women and children and animals and men, the ushering in of a golden pious age by the release of knowledge of the eternal soul and knowledge of loving union with God, hope for everyone now assured by this exchange between two powerful servants of the Lord, that the meaning remained hidden on that night was also the will of the Lord, so nothing would interfere with the sacred unfolding of his plans, starting with this confidential exchange that fools and rascals could not understand or disturb in the guise of a young Gandian, Abai appeared to argue, appeared to be defeated. After he went downstairs, he revealed his mind. He is wonderful. Now I know Lord Chaitanya's movement is in expert hands. I accepted him as my spiritual master immediately, not officially, but in my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, this is really, uh, this remembering Srila Prabhupada, right? This is just full of such deep images. He calls it the meeting between two great personalities who are both sent by Krishna, of course, you know, and both, one the guru, one the disciple, and really to start the golden age and open up the whole world and, and deliver the whole world. Um, I think that to an extent, it always is the case in a when a guru and meets with a prospective disciple uh, that is never by Krishna and that uh, yes the guru being sent there to to help to make the connection with all the with the teachings of Krishna, Dharmam Susaksat Bhagavat Pranitam. Krishna is the origin of all the teachings that then come down, Evampara Praptam, in a line of disciplic succession. And in this way, to make that connection with Krishna and all the previous Acharyas, with the scriptures, and, uh, and, just, and with the community of Vaishnavas. Uh, and to... Uh, and to connect a disciple with the teachings, to connect a disciple with the desire of the previous Acharyas, and to become part of the mission, and to connect and to anchor the disciple uh, in, in a community of Vaishnavas, in relationship with Vaishnavas. So, in this way, uh, we are uh, looking at the first meeting between a guru and a disciple. We need to, uh, we depend on that community of Vaishnavas. And whether uh, it is perfect or not, it doesn't matter. It is together in that community of Vaishnavas that we, we are sharing. We are sharing our efforts. We are sharing uh, our, our attempt towards progress. Uh, we are sharing in this way um, in the community 
o Vaishnavas. Hmm. That is uh, our uh, so Satsvarup Maharaj is also um, he's, he was Steve. He just somehow or other came in 1966. Uh, he could not, he writes, he could not have bowed down to anyone else. Right? But that meeting took place. Uh, that first meeting of Prabhupada there and in those very early days as the relationship was developing as a guru and disciple relationship was growing uh, Satsarup came to the point of first bowing down Steve bowed down before he was initiated and in this way Steve uh, accepted Prabhupada as his teacher as a master and that now whatever standards Prabhupada would establish in life and our parents are acting as our first first gurus they are teaching us first mother is the original guru in our life father and we are learning and, and we learn so many we learn what is right what is wrong we learn uh, and we trust that by taking shelter of them, uh, we will be protected. And they teach us, you do it like this, you do it like that, and this is the truth, and that is the truth, and we just accept it. Uh, then later comes the time where we begin to question it and say, yes, but I see that things are don't add up. You said... These values were the correct values, but I'm seeing that that doesn't work and everything is in question. And so, uh, and one becomes a seeker and searching for truth and searching for answers. And Steve had a seeker seeking for truth and seeking for answers. And Steve now had come to Swamiji and he was impressed. And he had purchased the books of the Swami and he was reading them also. And, and this day, on this day, uh, when he asked Swamiji to save him some prasad, he bowed down for the first time. And, he, and, and that, uh, that was part of a transformation. That was part of actually accepting, accepting the Swami. Just as Prabhupada meant, his own spiritual master in Ultadanga, in Calcutta, in 1922, on the roof, um, in, where it was cooler in the evening, and, and where he asked him, uh, where he asked him uh, for some questions, having been brought there by his friend. And when he brought up this point, about Swaraj, about the independence. And the first, we need independence. This is the priority now. And Srila Bhakti Siddhanta just wrote it off as, as trivial and said, as long as there is a pure devotee who's pushing the mission uh, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we don't care who is the government. Uh, so, 
it is of secondary importance. Obviously, it can make a difference if the government is supportive or if the government is oppressive. Um, but we have seen, um, we have now seen how the Christian consciousness movement has been spreading all over the world. And we've seen how in Russia, despite oppression, how, uh, and how Christian consciousness emerged and how it spread everywhere and how there are so many Russian devotees. So, uh, and other countries, equally so. Um, because ultimately, uh, Krishna consciousness is, is natural and will naturally appeal to people. It will actually naturally, uh, naturally reach them. Yes. So in this way, uh, Krishna is always, um, is always there and, and Krishna is, is already there in the heart of every living being. And therefore, um, we, we recognize, we recognize the purity, we recognize the truth, we recognize just as bowing down on the ground uh, the first time it is something difficult. It is so uh, dramatic for a Western person. You know what I mean? I mean, sort of, okay, you know, bow your head a little as a token of respect. Uh, you know, even fold the hands a little. You know, that's doable. But generally, you know, uh, bowing down completely on the ground. Uh, but when, somehow or other, uh, Satsarup, after hearing, obviously hearing about it, and maybe seeing it from others, but not doing so, being self-conscious, now did it for the first time. And within it, also experienced a sense of, of submission, a sense of not only bowing the body, but bowing the will, bowing, bowing his belief, his faith, bowing his trust, saying, now uh, I open my trust to you, what use that you will speak the truth. Hmm. Yes. So this is very beautiful, uh, this, the meeting, uh, the meeting, the meeting between guru and disciple is, is a great historical uh, moment in our life. It is the point where, where we make, it is our turning point, um, our, our turning point to, to really turn to Krishna and to seriously, and to really turn, turn back, back on the, on the, on the path, back to, back to Godhead, seriously. Uh, Yes, these thoughts are on our mind uh, today. Um, all right, let us let us read a little further. <clears throat> then we can speak about Prabhupada. Uh, um, 
as there was a second meeting in Vindavan. Because I was good at hearing, now I'm good at kirtan. In a room at Kosi, during Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati's Vindavan Parikram, Abai sat fixed in hearing. <laughs> Bhakti was entering his heart. Dry reason cannot comprehend, but it happens by the grace of the Lord. Abai, accepting his Guru Maharaj, as speaking on, on behalf of Krishna, received the highest truth. Perfect speaker and perfect hearer are like a man and woman conceiving a child. The child is Bhakti in the hearer's heart. Others left the room, but Abai stayed. What more wondrous place to go? What more wonderful thing to do? When I've seen you, what else on land or sky is there to see, even if he cannot fully grasp his spiritual master's words, just to be with him and hear immortal truth clears away all obstacles. Diksha. It is true for every devotee and even for Sri Bhagavan, beats given, linked now, real and personal bond. That day, the giver of the name and also received the holy name. From Vaya medium Jagat Guru, he likes to hear, I've marked him. He wore a garland and received the name. He sat at his Guru's lotus feet and received another name. Abhai Charanaravinda. The churning within increased and he wanted to do more. Urges for writing and speaking, for using his home to preach to guests. He also strove to build his business to expand Lord Krishna's service. Hmm. Yes, the churning increases. Huh? Now Diksha is taken. So yes, this hmm. when Krishna, um, when when we hear about Krishna, and it touches us, and some faith is is beginning to develop just suddenly, like a spark. Huh? It's Krishna acts like a stone that the descriptions of Krishna and just boom, there's a spark, a little spark of faith in our heart. And from that day on, um, this Krishna is present, present to an extent. Oh, not always thinking of him. Oh, not always preoccupied with him. But sometimes, sometimes Krishna rises to the surface in our mind. Something, something may, may just remind us of Krishna and suddenly he is there. And we feel how Krishna is really what it's all about. Um, how Krishna is just... Uh, how it all makes sense, Krishna. But yes, but our life has gone in another direction. Yes. And now this, and Krishna is not just uh, beautiful and attractive, but there is a whole way of life. No meat, fish or eggs. No gambling, no intoxication, no illicit sex. Uh, no... Uh, um, no sinful activities. That's not easy. For others, it is the, the values that are easier to accept. Uh, all right, no meat, fish or eggs. Yes, that makes sense. I'm already a vegetarian anyway. Uh, no gambling. Yes, that is foolish. 
yes. No uh, intoxication, yeah. Well, it's a little difficult, but I know it's better. And no illicit sex. What is that? Uh, so for others, the values, the moral values are easier to accept. But then, God in a bluish blackish form playing a flute i mean really uh isn't like god more abstract right i mean and so different doubts may arise but somehow or other, the presence of the Krishna conscious movement, of the Krishna conscious philosophy, is, is shaking, shaking our heart like the wind. Um, and our heart being a little cottage, and the wind begins to shake it. Yes, the wind is suddenly bringing out uh, uh, many questions. Uh, Many questions. It questions what we had learned. Yes, yes, yes. This is normal. This is food. No. How can I eat this fish? No, no, but it's just, you know, this is, this is natural. No, it is cruel. Ah, it is cruel. Yes. Uh, never questioned it. Ah, yes. A souvenir brought from Spain. Yes. Uh, a puppet of a bullfighter. Yes. Even a sword from Toledo. The same th sword that the bullfighters use. Never thought of it. Uh, it was there in the room. Uh, I had the sword. My brother had the puppet. We never thought of it. It was just something exotic, exotic from Spain, just like the straw sombreros, the big ones we had from Mexico. And I had my my small sword from Toledo, yes. Uh, but now, no, no swords from Toledo. No, no puppets from Spain. No pain. This is cruel. Now, Omagyanatimarandasya. Now the eyes have been opened by transcendental knowledge. No, no. No meat, no, no fish, no, no, not even eggs, that's not food, right? Eggs are meant for, for, for procreation, eggs are not meant to eat. Uh, Krishna says, Krishna says what to eat, what not to eat. Krishna says what to do, what not to do. 
Bhagavatam Cha, Nivritim Cha, Krishna says, ah, now there's a real authority. Who says, why I have to do that? Who says? Now Krishna says, and if you do what Krishna says, he explains that if you follow these things, that you'll be happy, that you'll be free from suffering. Okay, well, that's a reason, a reason to do what he says. Yes, because he says the living being is anandamaya vyasat, by nature pleasure-seeking. Mm, well, that's true. That's definitely true. I'm definitely pleasure-seeking. Yes, but are we finding it? Well, there are many things I like. Yes, but do you always get them? Is there any pleasure without pain? Oh, well, if you never feel pain, then, you know, how can you appreciate the pleasure? Yeah, but that's not a great philosophy uh, because pain, pain is too much. I don't want pain and why, then why cause pain to others? Hmm, yes, 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 ahimsa, nonviolence. Yes, I can appreciate that. All right, should I become a pacifist? Right? The turn, show the other cheek. But then, uh, then, we, the Bhagavad Gita is not the Bible. There, Arjuna is told to go to war. Jesus tells us, to, he who raises the sword uh, will be destroyed by the sword. Turn the other cheek. Yes, here it is. Slap me on this cheek, all right, now slap me there. Go ahead. Isn't that the higher path? Oh, Arjuna, take your bow and fight. Yes. Yes, someone must protect the innocent. Someone must protect the women, the children, the old people. Someone must protect. Someone must protect uh, the community. Someone must protect the country. Uh, oh, the war. I was born eight years after the Second World War. And it was, oh, it was uh, a big thing. A big thing. It was still so, so strong, and and we, yes, and life was about recovering from that war. Uh, and my parents, oh yes, they they worked. They worked hard to to rebuild the nation along with their generation. And my generation was the ungrateful generation who was saying, yeah, but money can't buy you love. So all that materialism, 
What is the depth? What is the deeper meaning to life? Life is not only about material comfort. Yes. Huh? Yes. But my parents told me, but there was no food in 1945. In the winter, there was nothing. We were starving, starving completely. Nothing to eat, nothing. Uh, we, we knew that we had had tulips in the garden and we dug them up. We dug up the tulip bulbs because tulips come from bulbs. We knew the bulbs were in the garden and we dug them out and just fried them like onions. We ate sugar beets, right? There still were some sugar beets. We ate them. Uh, your grandfather, your grandfather, uh, he had he had a business in in renting out tarpaulins to to ships. So he had these tarpaulins. So your grandfather had good connections with the farmers in the north because he was from the north. So he went on a bicycle to the farmers and he brought with him one of these tarpaulins, this waterproof cloth, put that on the back and went on the bicycle. But the, there were no more tires due to the war. Five years of war, there were no more tires for the bicycles. Therefore, they had put wooden strips of wood around it. And on this bicycle, on wooden tires, with a big heavy tarpaulin on the back, your grandfather drove 125 kilometers to the north and met up with a farmer that he knew from before. And he traded that tarpaulin with the farmer for a large bag of grain. And he put that large bag of grain on his bicycle with the wooden tires. All the way on the journey there to the farmers, he had to watch out for the soldiers who were patrolling. And I would have possibly even shot him. Uh, but somehow or other, he managed on the way back. He had to watch out, not only for the soldiers who were patrolling, but also for the starving people who would have just taken that bag of grain that he was carrying. And he brought it over. And in the war, uh, my grandfather, his family, my mother's family, they were eating pancakes uh, and actually gained weight. Yes. And even when German soldiers came to the house, my grandmother told them to take off their boots and sit down and she cooked pancakes. And boy, my grandmother's pancakes, those pancakes, and being totally intoxicated. Oh. So the war, 
the war, yes, was fresh in their mind. We cannot blame a generation for rebuilding the nation, but uh, they also cannot blame us for wanting more, more depth in life than just material comfort. Uh, mm, yes. Yes, your parents were born in 1940. My parents were born in 1920. So in this way, uh, yes, in this way, there was the war. Mm, what can we say? Uh, all these things occurred. They occurred. But we are, so, so the next generation was looking for spiritual life. Uh, and the hippie generation was born and everyone was looking for meaning to life. Uh, but then the next generation, the hippies just forgot all about material stability. Forget it. We don't care about it. Uh, they also didn't need so much because their parents had actually worked hard and had actually, had actually created a society that was prosperous and that actually, uh, so even if you didn't work that hard and somehow or other lived on the edge of society, still, you're still surviving quite nicely. Um, but time moved along. Like in my generation, mothers didn't work. There was no need, uh, no need. Mother was at home. But the next generation, both parents had to work to deal with the increasing cost of, of living. And so children grew up without their parents at home. And all these things had their effect. And now uh, life is expensive and it is a rat race and we have no time to live and everything. And it's, it's one has to, uh, to somehow or other run along. Um, in this artificial way of life. The pressure is on. Yes. So all these things are there. But um, the best of the hippies, Steve, Bruce, Howard, uh, they found Swamiji on the Lower East Side. And they were fortunate uh, they were fortunate to somehow or other um, become part of his greater transcendental plan and to adjust their lives. And through them, uh, through them, Krishna consciousness went forward. Through them, Prabhupada pushed it forward and more came. And through them, Krishna conscious, another wave. And just like an ocean, wave after wave, the first wave of Howard, Keith, Steve, Bruce, of Hayagriva, Kirtananda, Brahmananda, Satsarup, uh, uh, Garga, Gargamuni. And that first wave um, that spread Krishna consciousness from Tonkin Square Park. And then more joined and more came and the wave went even beyond America. It, okay, it, it reached San Francisco and Los Angeles, and then it reached London. It, 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 it washed 
over Europe. It became, and the Hare Krishna Mahamantra came in the, uh, in the music charge, in top of the pops, and, and it became just uh, known to so many. And then, and it reached George Harrison, and George Harrison uh, sang My Sweet Lord, and the Mahamantra was on there. And from that day on, it was authorized, because whatever the Beatles did, that, they, that was authorized. They were the prophets. They set the standard for a generation. And so, it was, Hare Krishna was okay. It was acceptable. And many came, and many joined. And, Prabhupada, and wave after wave, Prabhupada's movement just flooded in all directions and continues. And we are continuing to make waves. And this is our, our life, to make waves of Krishna consciousness in the world. And that is, um, that is the most beautiful thing. And all this began with the meeting. All this began simply with the meeting uh, between two great souls in Uttadana. Uh, and, then, uh, and then Krishna consciousness just started to, to, to change the world. Uh, and so let it continue and let us make more waves to change the world. I thank you for being with us once again, and I'm looking forward to more to come. I'm looking if there are any, any messages from you. I only see Hare Krishna. I see... Uh, mm, so, thank you, thank you for hearing and carry on in your Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.